All right, let's go ahead uh, and sync our audio. I will say one, Marla will say two, Ockham will say three, Phil will say four, Christy will say six, go all the way back up to 12, Wait a and I will say- Did you skip one? You skipped five. What? Yeah, you didn't You didn't count right. What's the numbers I said? Okay, <laughs> I will tell you what numbers. Okay. <laughs> David will say What's the one. Numbers I said? Marlo will say two. Occam will say three. Phil will say four. Christy will say five. Then we'll go back to David and he will say six. Marlo will say seven. Occam will say eight. Phil will say nine. Christy will say ten. And then clap. Wow, I was real off. <laughs> yeah. Did I not say five? No. <laughs> yeah. You said four and then six. <laughs> Oh, man, that's embarrassing. Why couldn't I have done that before we started recording? This is content, folks. This, this is, is content. Everything is content. <laughs> okay. Are you saying the letter? Or are you saying no, the numbers? I'm not. I'm saying numbers? Everything okay, here is we content. Go. That is literally where my head went to. Everything is content when you're recording a podcast. Everything is content when you record with us. Very good, Carrie. Thank you. All right, let's sync audio. One. Two. Oh my god, let's do it again. I didn't see Marla was taking was a huge drinking. drot over here. I'm sitting here drinking and you're the one who started. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. I, I thought we were all ready. Yes, yeah. we're gonna start the numbering over because I started counting and then I looked over and Marlo's reclining on a beach with like a <laughs> coconut with a little It's a Mai Tai. Freaking Marlo. Alright, let's do it again. One. Two. Four. Five. Five. Oh, shit. Six. Seven. Nine. Ten. <laughs> no, clap. <laughs> Hell yeah. Let's go. I feel like it should be getting better, but it's not. <laughs> We've been doing this Let's for so go. long. <laughs> How am I so bad? Hello, friends. My name is Penny for a Tale, and you're listening to Tales to Inspire. Hitler and his super-powered lapdog Ubermensch have seized control of most of Europe. With the Allies and the Soviet Union struggling to stop Germany's advance, United States President Franklin Delano Roosevelt has put together a team of superheroes to aid in the war effort. Their first mission has taken them to Tunisia in North Africa, where they must clear a ravine full of Germany panzer tanks to allow the Allied forces through. 
But their first mission has not proven to be as simple as they at first thought. As we open up this issue of Tales to Inspire, we see a village uh, overrun with uh, Nazi flags and soldiers and um, armaments. There are some uh, artillery guns that are mounted on these terraced roofs pointed down into the valley. We see Nazis feeding belts of ammo into these Gatling guns as they just rain down fire on the advancing allied troops in the pass. Um, But further into the village, we see some not Nazi villains. We in fact see superheroes. Crystal Gazer, where are you at right now? Uh, I think you see her slunk down with just, you know, trying to avoid bullets <laughs> coming at her. She's, uh, that's a, the first thing when you, when you kind of zoom in on her, that's what you see is her just with this wide-eyed look shrunk down, trying to keep from getting hit by bullets. And you see her start to, like, pull herself the another direction so that she can't be seen. That's what her intent is to, like, go to another place so she can target some people with some, some attacks, but keep herself from being gunned down. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're trying to get, like scooch away from where they're fighting so you're up on this roof and the the bullets of their guns are ricocheting off the ledge of this roof it's kind of a flat roof and you're tucked down beneath the ledge of it so do do you like army crawl across the roof to the other side yeah okay okay uh and you could i'm not gonna have you roll for this because i mean powered by the apocalypse games are all about you know narrate more roll less so I assume we're about to have a roll, so I'm not going to have you roll to set up this roll. Uh, so you, you're going to get to where you need to do this attack. So just just narrate how you do it. Yeah, so you see her slunk down, and as she, she slinks a little further down, she's like, okay, what would John Wayne do? And then she gets down, you see her get down on her, uh, like on her belly and crawl and be like, and uh, she's like, and you see like it sort of like sh- like fades out and fades into like like her like her face fades out to like a John Wayne face with the helmet on with the undone straps, the straps just hanging, uh, <laughs> and uh, she just starts army crawling, like she's playing a role. This is it. She's pretending to be an action hero, and she goes over to the other side of this building and. Um, as she pops her head back up, it's back to looking like Crystal Gazer, and she peers over the side like, okay, who can, what What do I see? Yeah, so you, you peek around the corner into the street, and you see some, those Nazi soldiers are still just laying into this rooftop. There is a, a wooden cart that they have flipped over to the side, and they are uh, hunkered down behind it, some of them reloading, some of them firing into the rooftop. Um, and we see the little word bubbles above their head with little asterisks right next to them. And down the corner, the asterisk says, translated from German. And we just see them saying, shoot, shoot, fire, kill the American super soldier. <laughs> and of course, we see the onomatopoeia is a bra bra bang, bang, bra bra bra. Crystal, Crystal Gazer sees that cart and um, thinks that, okay. I can move that. 
Is this like a wooden cart? So is it like a cart that like a like a horse would pull or something? Yeah, kind of like a um, a rickshaw kind of thing. Okay. So two wheels and two long poles for someone or uh, an animal to pull. She is going to focus on it and start make it. And her intent is to bring it up into the air and drop it on them. Wow. Okay. So pick it up and then drop it down on them. Um, first questions first. Uh, can you do that? Is that listed in your power profile? Yes. Perfect. This sounds like a takedown move. So why don't you roll plus your smash? Smash. Please, please, Becky. <laughs> um, so 10. 10. All right. Uh, 10 is a complete success. So on a 10 plus, you get to choose two. Uh, inflict one stress can choose multiple times take away an advantage but you have to choose this twice uh force a change of location reduce the size of a mob by one or take no harm in the doing and i will remind you uh the africa core is a mob and they are at a uh and during the last episode i i said that they are at a size rating of five at a factor of ten um but I think the the main objective here isn't fighting the Africa Corps soldiers. It's destroying these objectives. So I'm actually going to step back the Africa Corps soldiers to a factor of two. Or no, a two at a factor of ten. Um, and basically what that means is you have to reduce the size of the mob two times. So that first number is basically like how many times you have to reduce them to get rid of them. And the uh, add a factor of X is how many you get rid of each time you do that. So, yeah, I'm going to do um, reduce the size of the mob by one. And then I'm also going to. Um, uh, so you can step it down multiple times. So I could just choose to kill all three of them. Uh, all two of them. Oh, there's two of them. Oh, OK. And then yeah. I'll have one more. So yeah, I'll do that. I'll take both of them out and I will take no harm. Okay. So you're going to reduce the size of a mob by two and then take no harm in the doing. Awesome. So you're going to take out this little platoon of soldiers that have been pinning you down. Please narrate how you do it. So as she's peering up and she sees this cart, you see this, this blue energy just sort of hover around it, sort of a la like Raven from teen titans like mm -hmm, she mm -hmm. this this blue energy kind of goes around it and like it it changes the whole the whole thing's like radiating this this energy and it starts to lift and you see these soldiers faces just like what the hell is happening and it lifts up it goes up up into the air and you just see them like looking at it like what is going on and then as they realize what's about to happen it's already too late it's falling and it comes crashing down on top of their heads, smashing them in with this rickshaw. Mm. And she's staring at them, wide-eyed, from the top of the roof, as you see this sort of blood-spattered rickshaw, and you see it kind of like just the top of her head look over the top of the overhang of the building, peering down at them. Yeah. And this is, uh, this, I mean, this is the first time Crystal Gazer has ever used her powers in this way, right? 
so she's been working um kind of cleaning up streets and stuff um in la doing that she's been doing this for a few years now i think three years or something like that from the time Mm -hmm. when her session zero or when we did her session zero i think it's been about three years or something that she's been uh running the streets and doing stuff like this uh but i don't know if she's ever actually killed anyone um i think Mm. she's probably just scared people off or like manipulated them into leaving situations and diffusing situations so she is yeah. eyes wide just having murdered her first person. Yeah, definitely. Sweet. Okay. And I think we turn the page and in that same village uh, with another pl- platoon of uh, Africa Corps soldiers, we see Dr. Fusion holding a couple of uh, assault rifles in his hand. Dr. Fusion, what are you doing? You just see Dr. Fusion like sprinting away and there's a crowd of of nazi soldiers chasing after him and he's just one by one like pulling like removing the clips from these guns and throwing the clip and the gun in opposite directions nice okay so uh you have already chosen to take away their advantage and basically what an advantage is is it's like a an item that they use to do things with. So you have uh, removed their uh, assault rifle, so they cannot shoot you up. Um, and you are sprinting. Where are you sprinting to? Towards where we were supposed to go for the... What were we after again? I don't actually remember. Was it the... You were the artillery uh, Gatling guns. Gotcha. Yes. So I'm running towards those. Okay. So you are you are sprinting towards them, and as you get closer, you can hear the just the steady beat of their uh, rifles firing down into the valley, uh, and you see that they have, as I described before, they have like some sandbags positioned up on the roof of this building, and there are two Gatling guns that they're just feeding the ammo clips into, and just boom, 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 boom down into the valley. Uh, their their backs are to you. Am I in the valley? No, you are in the village. The village is kind of up on a ledge overlooking the valley. Okay. So am I running downhill towards these then? Uh, no, you're kind of on even ground with them, and the the rooftop is above your head. Oh, the rooftop where they are they're on is above my head. Okay. Like you're running through the streets of the village, and you see you see their. Uh, armaments. Okay. Um, as I start to get closer, uh, I kind of want to like try to hide, I guess, and, and lose my pursuers. Okay. Uh, we could definitely, uh, if you are trying to do that, how how are you going to try to do that? Um, as he's like, he starts like weaving between buildings. Um, occasionally. He will run through an alleyway and then, like, jump up onto a roof and over uh, onto another alleyway, kind of just leaving tracks and leaving uh, any, like... He's showing up in too many places at once. Like, he's... Mm -hmm. Or it seems Mm -hmm. like. um, They see him run out of one alley, and then he's suddenly running out of another alley, alley as he's just, like, boosted through... Um, at a speed that they can't really track him. Um, but after a little bit of doing that, he just kind of boosts into uh, into a building and just kind of tries to 
like get into a, an abandoned building or something if you can. Definitely. No, yeah, go ahead and roll a sneak around. Uh, that is a seven. A seven. So on a seven through nine, it's complicated. The EIC, the editor-in-chief, will choose one. Someone someone unimportant noticed you, but that just made them important. Uh, You are perceived only by a secondary sense, uh, or you must leave something important behind or be discovered. Hmm, 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 hmm. I mean, I I tried to do this earlier, too, so I'm going to try to do it again. Um, You must leave something important behind or be discovered. So I think as you are trying to duck and weave and bob, you're you're moving a lot. And, you know, you have that flare gun that you took from the C-46 commando. Um, Do you drop it in order to do these maneuvers or do you risk being discovered again? I think he doesn't even notice that it that it went missing. Um, he okay as he was moving at some point, it just got hit as he hit a corner or something, and it knocked it off. And he didn't even notice he's gone yet. Okay, yeah. So you jump in there, uh, and I think we see you like crouching behind something as the, the Africa Corps soldiers rush past, and we see like a dotted outline of a flare gun or of where a flare gun should be like on your belt and there's no flare gun there um but Occam, i think the building that dr fusion jumped into is the building that those two gatling guns are on top of oh okay nice so what do you do i assume i know that oh yeah you can I definitely can just, like, hear, hear them thundering above me yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to look around for a stairwell and uh, start to very carefully ascend upwards to try to find a way up to the roof. Yeah, you see some stairs uh, cut into the side of the wall leading up to the flat roof of this building. You doom, 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 sneak up there and you see there are there's four soldiers up here. Two to each Gatling gun. One feeding in the belt of ammo. One actually pulling the trigger and aiming the the weapon. Uh, mm. All all four of their backs are turned to you. Um, he's gonna like crouch and kind of slowly move up towards uh, the ones on the right. Why not? Um, okay. And he's gonna try to get right up on them. And then just kind of raise his fusion fist and punch one of them into the other. Okay. Um, and we we will do a seize control here okay. because the main reason isn't that you're trying to knock them out. Your main objective here is like to take out the Gatling gun. So sure. let's roll a seize control. And I definitely think this would be uh, rolling with smash. Okay. Uh, that's a six. So I don't think I succeed that. A six. Okay, so you are you're not going to be able to do it. So, um, how how do you not overpower these guys and destroy the Gatling gun? I think as I'm crouched, bringing back my my fist, it starts to make it like the whirring sound that it makes when it's winding up, and this guy looks down and just 
<sighs> and backs away, and my fist just goes and hits nothing. And then they know I'm there. Yeah, they definitely do. So, like you said, you, you punch right where he was, missing, and then he, uh, the one that was feeding in the uh, belt of ammo, is going to try to grapple you and give you a uh, grappled uh, complication. So go ahead and roll a defy danger. And uh, basically what a complication is, is um, it's not stress. Uh, Complication only lasts for as long as narratively appropriate. So like if a bad guy ties you up and you get a tied up complication, that tied up complication will be gone as soon as you solve the the situation but sure. stress sticks around it's it's damage it's okay. going to be there for a while and i'm rolling plus protect right yes yeah uh defy danger is always roll plus protect my protects plus zero but i rolled a 10 hey that's perfect so he goes to grapple you and i think you both get caught like he you catch his hand and he catches one of your hands and like you're just grappling each other on this rooftop and while you're grappling each other we cut across the valley nope i can't say cut because this is not a movie as you're grappling each other we turn the page and we go to i almost say cut again we go across the valley where geiger gwen and omission are pinned down by a platoon of africa corps soldiers of their own one of the anti-aircraft guns is smoking uh, and wrecked. One is still firing up into the air, keeping the Allied air forces uh, at bay. Uh, and Christy, since Geiger Gwyn cannot see Omission anymore, she has forgotten that Omission exists as per Omission's powers. So Geiger Gwyn, you're in dire straits here. You're all alone. What are you doing? Of course they send Gwen on a mission by herself. <laughs> um, well, I just took out the one aircraft gun. Mm-hmm. And obviously they know I'm there now. So I'm going to make a beeline for the next aircraft gun and hope to take the two that are operating it by surprise. Okay. Um... Let's see, you're you're running over there to destroy it. Um But you're also actively being shot at. So th- this is this is interesting. I would like you to roll a seize control with protect. Okay. Uh oh. do do you think that is that's fair, Christy? Or do you think you should roll with maneuver? Since maneuvering has to do with, you know, agility, getting to where you need to go. But I said protect because, like, they're actively shooting at you. Uh, no, so, it makes sense. So what sense. do you think? In, in, it makes sense. In my mind, I was thinking the whole, like, superhero montage. You just see the puffs of gunfire coming off the dirt because they're not hitting me, surprisingly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, But... <sighs> I, it really doesn't matter because I rolled a two. <laughs> oh man! So okay, um, yeah. So they're they're shooting at you, and um, you are not going to get there. Um, so go ahead and roll a face danger. Uh, so roll two d six plus your defend or protect. Sorry, 
roll plus protect against a physical stress of one. I rolled a seven. A seven. Okay, so you're going to be able to choose one of these. Uh, You take the stress on its intended track, but you lower it by one. Or you take the full amount of stress, uh, but you change which track it goes to. So let's see. I said the stress was at a one. So if you choose to take the stress but lower it by one, I'll say that instead of taking stress, you take a complication of pin down one. Um, Or you can take the stress one, but you can apply whether it goes to mental or emotional. You just have to describe uh, why it is that and why it is not physical. Uh, The pin down of one makes sense. I could just like... uh dive into some foxhole or something yeah definitely definitely uh yeah so you you the bullets are raining down around you please and describe what what does this look like what's happening um so i took off running towards the next uh gun and the gunfire is just too much for me and as one just kind of nicks my uniform i just kind of dive superman into a foxhole and you just see, you see a speech bubble of like, damn, I thought they couldn't shoot. <laughs> and I think maybe like Geiger Gwen has a little thought bubble of like, why'd they send me on this mission alone? Or like, where's my backup? Or something like that. Omission, you are down in kind of like a foxhole. The bullets are zinging around you. Some of them thudding into the dirt above your head you have uh those documents that you snatched off of the officer's body uh what are you gonna do i think it's time to take these documents and see what can be done about it i look over it and it seems like it's not too far away right yeah yeah so looking at uh one of those documents which is a map uh you can see that whatever whatever dig site uh, is is here is right on the other side of the valley um, and it looks like so you're on mm, let's say you're on the south side of this valley up on the ridge uh, running from east to west is the uh, valley where Torchbearer and, and Sister Solstice are fighting the tanks and then on the north side of the valley is the little village that Dr. Fusion and Crystal Gazer dropped into to destroy the artillery guns. Uh, so the dig site seems to be somewhere on the other side of that village. Excellent. Um, looking around, I'm going to try to find uh, a vehicle. Um, and uh, also to see if I can get myself into some uh, uh, Nazi uniform. Perfect. This is great. Let's roll. Uh, let's roll a sneak around. All right. Yeah, I, I got like a fifteen on that. A fifteen. My gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so very sixes. easily. Uh, I think. Let, why not? Let's just. You have the the body of that officer right next to you. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. you just reach up, grab him, pull him down. You change into his outfit. And then let's say there is a 
a jeep is american i don't know what's a nazi jeep oh oh man um the eins einhals diesel over <laughs> two german truck einhals diesel oh damn like one of the big old you, like something indiana yeah. jones would be punching nazis out of i like it uh-huh <laughs> yeah definitely so you see this the einhans diesel uh kind of covered wagon truck not too far away uh and i mean you you rolled a 15 on your sneak around so you're good you start making your way over to the einhans diesel truck and uh i think we're gonna turn the page from omission and we are down in the valley with the row of four panzer tanks uh, firing rounds at the distant allied soldiers in their tanks, keeping them far at bay. But even closer, we see two costumed heroes, uh, Torchbearer and no longer Mother Midnight, I guess I should say Sister Solstice. Where do we find the two of you? I'd say find them... Uh see a panel of just nothing but smoke and debris in the next panel when the smoke clears you can see that Torchbearer is holding up this barrier with this smashed round that has been fired under this tank and you watch as it falls it to the ground at Torchbearer's feet he kind of drops the barrier for a second puts his hand on his forehead and shakes it off and like his, blinks his eyes like it's clearly rattled quite a punch I've been told I got quite a mean uppercut myself he's just gonna his right fist will glow bright with light he's gonna try and uppercut this the barrel of this cannon to try and uh, bend it upwards at an odd angle so it can't fire anymore perfect that definitely sounds like a takedown so please roll with smash oh my gosh Snake eyes! <laughs> really? <laughs> I technically rolled a zero. You technically rolled a zero. Uh, so, Phil, you could definitely fail this roll, or you could burn one of your bonds uh, to step it up to the next success band. Uh, what would you like to do? I'm just going to take it. All right. I'll take the achievement. His glowing fist just kind of joinks off the end of the cannon. That hurt more than it should have. Don't understand. Yeah, and you have you have fought mooks in Philadelphia. You have tossed around automobiles, but as we said last issue, these German manufactured tanks are made of stern stuff. Uh, and you just cannot find a vulnerability yet. And as you punch that turret, or the tank, I think you do not dent it, but it does swivel away from you. Uh, and you don't notice as one of the flaps at the front of the tank kind of open up and a rifle barrel comes out. And we see the as a machine gun fires into your torso. Please roll a defy danger against uh, physical stress two. I rolled a five. I rolled two twos wow. this time. I'm going wow. for the hat trick. 
Okay. <laughs> so uh, I, go ahead and mark that achievement and step up your stress by two boxes. All right. Uh, Torchbearer is not looking well. Um, Torchbearer, how are you looking? I tell you what, I'll never look at a Volkswagen the same way again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and right next to him, or somewhere in the immediate vicinity, Sister Solstice, your uh, your guise as Mother Midnight has faded away. Uh, you were just a child in the middle of this war. Uh, Torchbearer is getting torn to bits. What do you do? How far away am I from Torchbearer? Uh, how far away do you want to be? Not that far away. Okay. I want to create an orb that encapsulates both of us to protect us from other things that may be coming at us. Okay. So I'm um, wanting to create a protective orb around the two of us. Okay. And uh, you can do that, correct? That is listed on your uh, It's borderline. Well, okay. So I have, it's difficult for me to do a protective orb for self and then protective orb for others is borderline. Okay. So this is, this is going to be pushing it. This is going to be a strenuous activity for you. Right. Um, I mean, mechanically doesn't change what you do, but mm-hmm. narratively it weighs into like how we narrate it and like right. uh, how difficult it is for you to do it. Um, so I think let's go ahead and roll a serve and protect. So roll plus protect. Seven. A seven. Okay. Because it's a minus one. Yeah, okay. it is a minus one. Um, so you get to hold one. Uh, so as long as you continue to defend Torchbearer, you can spend your hold. So it's not like there's going to be something that happens right now, but you can use your hold as a reaction to redirect the attack to yourself, reduce the stress inflicted by one, uh, open up the attacker and give your ally a plus one for every hold that you spend, or create a bond or step back your bond clock with that person. Uh, so go ahead. You don't have to choose now, but just you hold one, uh, and you can use that hold one to do one of those things. So so right now, you're not doing anything with it. Right. I mean, mechanically, you're right. not doing anything with it. But do go ahead and describe what does this look like as you cast this spell? You kind of see um, Sister Solstice kind of mumbling under her breath. Um, and you see her hands moving in front of her, um, and you see blue light kind of coming out of her fingers um, as she is um, casting this spell for this protective orb. The next panel, you see this protective orb, this blue glow around her and um, Torchbearer. Yeah, perfect. So, uh, do you do you have to use a wand or a spell book or anything as you're using your your powers? Um, I do. Some things require a wand. Do you think this would? It is a a borderline power. It is a difficult power for you to do. Sure. So I have my wand out while that's going on. Okay. Sweet. Uh, are are you saying anything to Torchbearer as you're doing this power, or is it too much of a strain for you to talk? I'm, I'm like speaking, like I'm using the wand and speaking as 
a spell of sorts, and so I'm I'm really focused on getting it cast just right. So I'm not talking to him, but you see her mouth moving like she's mumbling under her breath, like trying to get this exactly right, because this is still fairly new for her. Okay, sweet. Uh, Torchbear, are you saying anything? He sees this blue orb surround him, kind of protect him. Gee, uh, thanks, uh, Mother Midnight. What do I call you? Um, as as if the orb finishes like encapsulating them, she turns back and looks at him and says, "Sister Solstice." It's got a nice ring to it. Good to meet you, Sister Solstice. All right, let's cut, or let's turn the page. Let's see, where should we turn the page to? Probably uh, the next page would be my I would assume, yeah, turning it to the next page would be a good idea. You hate to skip around too much and confuse people. Yeah, you get kind <laughs> of lost. Choose your own adventure. Uh, <laughs> right. Let's turn the page back to the village. Crystal Gazer, you have taken out those Nazi soldiers. You... Knew roughly because y'all parachuted into this village. You know roughly where the uh, um, the artillery guns are. Uh, so, so what are you doing? So, um, you see her. It the the panel is like her eyes just looking up over this thing where we left her last, and you see this thought bubble above her head. She's like. Did I just kill those two? I guess I should thank the Duke later for uh, the inspiration. Almost feel a little bad for throwing that gin and tonic on him back in the bar. <laughs> well, let's get to getting. And uh, she um, like pushes herself up and peers around, like looking like where is Doctor Fusion, and doesn't see him. I assume in the immediate vicinity because he has bolted that direction and then she starts working her way that way but she gets down onto the ground and tries to sneak around because she's not gonna she can levitate herself and stuff but like that's not usually her mo for movement she just like peering around corners sneaking around Mm -hmm. i can dig it um i think uh you're you're sneaking around, sneaking through the the village, uh, working your way towards just the thunderous roar of these Gatling guns. Uh, and I think as you get there, you see uh, Doctor Fusion on top of this roof, grappling with one of the soldiers, as uh, his partner is like s- trying to steady a Gatling gun, but it's obviously like bucking and veering off from his targeted course. Uh, as the other two are just operating it just fine. Uh, and you see all this down from the street below. Um, trying to figure out, okay, a Gatlin gun, as I'm looking up online, is about 170 pounds. <laughs> so we're not, we're not making her like a ridiculous, like, overpowered person. We're keeping in line with these. So she sees this person trying to, like, use this Gatlin gun. Uh, and, uh... You said Dr. Fusion. So Dr. Fusion's fighting someone, right? And then someone else is trying to aim that Gatling gun. Is that what's happening? Yes. Okay. So she is going to... She's looking up, 
at this Gatling gun, she's going to focus her will on that Gatling gun to knock this guy to, like... Her intent is to lift it up off of the the whatever it's sitting on or, or from this guy because is it on a is it on a stand or is it? I assume uh, yeah, it's, it's not definitely like Fallout on a stand. style. Yeah, this is not like Fallout style where you just walk around with a with a no no no. It's definitely gun. on a mounted tripod. <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, she's gonna. Her intent is to lift this thing up and hit the guy who's the, with it. And throw it to the ground to destroy it. Or no, not destroy it. Hit this guy with it. That's what she's going to do. We don't necessarily want to destroy this thing. Gaining control of it might be useful. Okay. Uh, then since you're trying to seize control of it, please roll a seize control. Let me seize I didn't it. see that coming. <gasps> Are you shocked? Are you surprised? Yeah, um, coming. Let's see. What should you roll with? Let's roll with... Um, let's roll with maneuver. Maneuver. So that's a nine. A nine. So you get to choose one. You seize control over what was contested. You present, prevent yourself from ending up at a disadvantage or in harm's way, or you put your opponent at a disadvantage. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna seize control of it. Might put myself in a little harm's way. Who knows? Okay. Uh, you seize control of it. Uh, so like you said, you take it and like you, you swerve it around. You hit the dude operating it. He falls back, uh, knocked out because he's only one goon. Uh, that one Gatling gun has been destroyed or disarmed rather. And one still remains. But as you were focusing to swivel that around, you don't notice that the Nazis that were chasing Dr. Fusion have found you. Uh, They do not have their assault rifles, but they look at you and they one of them sneers uh, and he speaks to you in broken English. Fraulein, a war is no place for a woman. And they lift up their hands and they crack their knuckles as they look at you menacingly. Well, 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 look what the crowd dragged in. And uh, she's going to blast these boys with some some psychic energies. Blast them. Uh, roll a takedown with smash. Oh. Okay. Uh, seven. <laughs> a seven. So you get to choose two. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm going to re- reduce the size of the mob by one. How many people was it again? Uh, so technically, you would have defeated all of the Africa Corps in the village with your roll earlier, because there's only two at a factor of ten here. So we'll just say that there's one at a factor of ten. So you're looking at ten goons right now. Okay. So if I take it down by the by one, I'm only taking one out of nine. Is that what you're saying? Or you're saying one takes them all? No, no, no. Every every time you step down that first number, you are stepping them down by the second number. So if they are okay. one at a factor of ten, you're stepping them down by ten people. There okay. are only ten people here. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I'm gonna take them down. Take them down. All right, you you will take them out, and you also have one more choice. Oh, I get to choose two. That's right. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm going to take no harm in the doing. I don't want to okay. take any harm. 
Yeah, so uh, you say, look what the crowd dragged in, which is a wonderful line, and then what happens? Uh, yeah, so uh, you see these uh, these blue energy waves come um, crashing off of her and hit them like a tidal wave and knock them just flat on their backs out. I love it. Uh, and up on the rooftop, we see a blast of that psychic energy. And we see the Nazi soldiers go flying backwards as Dr. Fusion and the, the Nazi he's grappling with look down into the alleyway and see that display of power. Dr. Fusion, what do you do? Well, in his head, he's thinking, perhaps I underestimated her. And, uh... Then he's gonna... He's still grappling this guy. He's gonna, like, pull his hand back and try to punch him again. All right. There is no narrative reason why you cannot knock out these two Nazi guards to do this thing. So you're gonna knock these two out. You're going to disarm the Gatling gun. But uh, I'm gonna say uh, something is going to go wrong as you do it. Um, Could I... 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 Oh, do you got an idea? Could I burn a bond with Crystal Gazer and say that when I do it, it knocks the gun and a, and it fires at her? I like that. I like that. All right. Yeah, let's do that. Go ahead and uh, step forward your bond clock uh, with Crystal Gazer by one step. Uh, and yeah, narrate narrate what happens and uh, role play out that, that uh, interaction afterwards. Sure. Um, so yeah, he's like grappling this guy, and they're like going back and forth with it. The other guy on the gun is still firing away, um, and he finally rent- manages to wrench his arm back and punches the guy, and it pushes him into the gun, knocks him and the other Nazi off the roof. But the gun it swivels, and that one bullet that was still in it gets fired. And it goes directly towards uh, Crystal Gazer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Crystal Gazer, uh, I would like for you to roll a Defy Danger against a uh, Wounded 3. <laughs> wounded 3. This is not City of Miss David. Against physical... <laughs> against 3 physical stress. Uh, 9. A nine? Okay. So on a nine, you can step down that physical stress to a two, or you can switch that physical stress three to a mental stress three or an emotional stress three. I think we're going to go with a mental stress three. I'm going to take a mental mental stress three (laughs) for 300, (laughs) Alex. (laughs) So mental mental stress has to do with uh, like... I mean, it's mental strain. It's mental stress. You trying to solve a problem, thinking over a difficult uh, solution. Uh, emotional stress has to do more, you know, with your emotions, how you react. So you can you can definitely say, I mean, this is narrative-based. If you can narrate it, it happens. Uh, but I just wanted to make a, a differentiation between those two that right. we might not have known before and I might not have said before. You're right. Emotional stress, then. I'll take a emotional stress. Okay, okay. So, uh, it's not going to hit you. Uh, it gets close. So, so what happens? She, she um, 
has this sort of thought of because she she can feel the thoughts of the others around her just sort of almost latent latently and when someone's in distress it sort of sends out signals so you see in the background of this panel a oh or uh my god and and as this guy is being like tossed and she hears this clang and realizes something was hit and here's the and 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 it it picks up through her thing that like as as he's being hit that this gun is has been hit and so it fires and as it she's like prepared to move as she realizes this so she very narrowly misses it and as she does you see her yell god bless <laughs> she falls on her tail and just looks shaken like her eyes are wide, her face is pale, and she's looking at the ground where that shot hit, where she was just standing, and you just see her flat on her tail, like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, and you see, uh, you see Dr. Fusion kind of lean over, Shiza, sorry, and he's gonna just run towards the other gun. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I love it. Um... Hello friends, welcome to the mid-roll section of episode 2 of Tales to Inspire. I'm your host, David White, and hello everybody, I hope that you are enjoying this new story that we have concocted for you, this alternate history of superheroes punching Nazis, because I mean, what is better than punching a Nazi? As I said, I'm David White, uh, and I just have some show notes to sling at you before we get back to the rest of the episode. Um, shout out to all of the teachers out there, and I guess to the students as well, uh, but summer is coming. That wonderful time of the year where we don't have to do our jobs. Because, to be quite honest, that's just how rough being a teacher is for the other ten months of the year. Um, and I I am a public school teacher, and this episode is coming out on the Monday of the last full week of school. I can make it. I can make it. But hey, let's get back to this show. Um, so... You know how you're loving listening to episode 2 right now? Well, you could be listening to episodes 3 and 4 right now. That's right, when this episode dropped to the public, episodes 3 and 4 dropped to our $5 and up patrons. So if you want to binge listen to the show, get ahead of everybody else, why don't you go to our Patreon? Help us out by giving us $5. $5, it's not a lot. That's like a Sonic Blast every month. And I mean, who doesn't love Sonic Blasts? But you love us more. Because we're much more refreshing. And, you know, people that are intolerant to lactose can still enjoy us. I hope. 
But really, seriously, uh, pledging on Patreon really helps out our show. It allows me to pay our editors, to pay uh, our website hosting fees, to pay for the cool sound effects that we use, and to pay, probably most importantly, to pay our performers. Uh, we right now can afford to pay them $5 an hour whenever we record. I would love to see that increase. I would love to see that, to be quite truthful, I would love to see that increase to $15 every hour that we record, but I need your help to make that happen. So if you are enjoying Tales to Inspire and you want to support this show, support these wonderful uh, people that are playing these characters, please click the link below, go to our Patreon, and give any amount you can. But just remember, if you give the, the $5 amount you you get to listen to the episodes early i mean that's that's a really good that's the good one do that one that one push that one and hey while we're talking about patreon let me shout out our newest patron celeste celeste thank you so much for supporting us you know celeste enjoyed episode one so much that they didn't want to wait for this week for episode two to come out so they went ahead and pledged and they're listening to episode two already i should say they have listened guys listen man it's just been so hard i'm so ready for summer i don't want to talk anymore talking is so hard have you heard of our sister show sense of the father well <laughs> let me tell you about it since i have you here sense of the father is another actual play podcast on the misconceptions podcast network uh it is a DD 5e system but before no no hey where are you going come back come back i i'm sorry i, I should have led with some more details before saying it was another DD 5e actual play podcast what it is is it is a heartwarming story about these four kids going and looking for their fathers that suddenly all went missing uh, and as they're looking for them the threads of fate interweave to create this tapestry of an adventure as i said it's heartwarming uh, if you like character driven stories sins of the father is driven by some of the most adorable characters that i have ever encountered in an actual play um occam and marlo who play uh, dr fusion and crystal geyser oh my goodness i forgot the character's name crystal gazer on this show uh are both in sins of the father and their characters are great and we have some other great characters um but uh why don't i just play this little preview clip for you so you can get a taste of what this show is like uh, and you know maybe go check it out if you want to as a ship approaches from the sea and as it gets closer you see the golden, gilded figurehead of the Gorgon mounted on the front of the ship. As the sails are furled up, and they begin to pull into the docks, and you see a familiar face peeking over the edge of the ship. As for the first time in 26 months, you see Vartosh, your old dragonborn friend. Thank you, Valio Waves. Yeah, Ricket like stands up on his tiptoes and like does the full arm extension wave. Did you think he sees us? It's looking right at us. Do you think he sees us? Vartosh kind of swings up onto the rigging and oh, uh, starts waving. He starts waving his hand. Yavalio leans over to Ricket and says, "I think he became the pirate he always wanted to be." All right, well, hey, that is enough out of me. If you want to go check out Sins of the Father, go check it out. But let's get back to the rest of this episode of Tales to Inspire.
turn the page and we see an Einhans, Ein, Einhans diesel truck kind of trundling across the barren desert ground. Uh, and you come, omission, oh, uh, uh-huh. you come to uh, this dig site. There are some canvas tents that have been thrown up, temporary shelters, and you see this huge excavated area. Almost a football field size area of excavated dirt. And you see uh, Nazi soldiers and guards everywhere. And you see, uh, for, for lack of a better term, prisoners of war covered in dirt, dirty clothes, some of them uh, naked to the waist, uh, with shovels kind of thrown into the dirt a few feet away. And you see them just all shoved down into this football field area. And in the side of this excavated area, you see a small, again, like, for lack of a better term, a little door that has been dug into the side. And it goes down into the earth. But you see all these, these officers, you see the prisoners of war uh, standing in the middle of this football field uh, dig site. And you see that door that leads further down into the earth. Uh, and you step out of the Einhans diesel truck in your shiny black Nazi soldier uniform. What do you do? He is going to carefully staying low to the ground to avoid people's gaze. Um, try to infiltrate this little place to gain more information. Okay. Um... And I think I think we need to roll another sneak around. Yeah. All right. Hopefully this is just as good. Uh, okay. Uh, oh. Uh, so that will be a total of six. Oh man, a total of six. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry you didn't roll well, but this kind of works out perfectly. <laughs> so uh, you are kind of creeping like you said low to the ground trying to be inconspicuous in your your officer's uniform um and you're walking you're walking you kind of find like some uh steps that have been dug into the wall and you step down start making your way towards this hole uh and you hear somebody shouting uh in german uh omission do you speak german oh you know, I've struggled with this, and I, I don't know. I mean, he has a lot of free time, and he mm-hmm. definitely is uh, someone who uh, is inquisitive enough uh, that he would be learning languages. Uh, but um, uh, I would say yes, if that's okay. That's totally fine. Uh, yeah, okay, so you're, you're sneaking along, and we see this word bubble like come down into the top third of your panel as you're sneaking across. This is... You there, officer, where are you going? And you look up and you see uh, a soldier is looking down at you. He has his rifle, not not aimed at you, but I think just the weight is drawn. You can almost feel the weight and threat of this gun um, as you are down below him in the dirt. But he asks, officer, where are you going? Oh, and of course, there's a little asterisk 
right next to the text and down in the lower corner there's a little yellow box with another asterisk that says translated from german yeah uh omission looks over uh and says very carefully my stomach hurts i need to use the restroom if you don't mind this is necessary right now just say, if you'll excuse me, he'll try to kind of move past the individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems kind of taken back by the just the bluntness of your speech, like a like a commanding officer telling a inferior officer uh, his his gastrointestinal issue, yeah. <laughs> gastrointestinal issues. Um, he seems kind of taken back, and he he stutters. Uh, and then you turn to walk and as you turn to walk the next panel has your nose pressed up against someone's chest Um, and you step back and you see somebody else in a uh, military officer's uniform pressed to black uh, metals decorating his chest where your nose was pressed in uh, he has his cap folded up under his uh, arm and he is looking down his nose at you he's a little uh, he is not in shape he's just a little overweight um, but he looks down at you with kind of a crooked nose and he says officer can I help you? Yes. Um, one of the prisoners, I believe, uh, has a virus uh, that no doubt will begin spreading to the other prisoners and reducing workflow. If it's okay with you, I would like to look over their effects and see if I can come up with any medical information so that I might diagnose it correctly in the hopes that production can continue to press on without uh, a hindrance. Ah, I understand. There's no need for such procedures. This project is done. Come, walk with me, officer. And he motions for you to walk in front of him back up to the the landing. Yeah, a uh, mission will do so. Yeah, and uh, keeping you in front of him so he doesn't forget about you. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, he doesn't know that. It's just serendipitous how it works out. Yeah. He starts walking up the landing. And he is he's flanked by some soldiers, and you see one of them is holding like kind of an oak box not very long maybe just about half a foot wide or long i guess i should say and just clasped and you four walk up to the landing and oberfuhr von veers uh, as we were introduced to him in the first issue turns and looks out over the prisoners of war and he says i thank you for your service you have done a great thing for the Third Reich. And according to this officer, you are all contaminated. But truly, this changes my plans none. And Oberfuhr von Veers turns to another commanding officer 
and says, Execute them. And he turns to walk towards his uh, Volkswagen with his two attendants in that box. And omission, you see, or we see uh, the onomatopoeia of click, 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 click as all these rifles are trained down towards the prisoners of war in the uh, excavation site. And Oberfuhr von Viers is walking away. What do you do? I I will, um, uh, for the first time, well, not for the first time, but uh, just try to get uh, this person's attention. The, uh, the Oberfuhr? Yeah, the Oberfuhr. Yeah, um, how, how do you want to do that? Um, he's going to run up and, and just kind of uh, get in front of him. He comes to a halt. And he squints, trying to remember who you are. And then, I think, with seeing you again, all the memories come rushing back. And yeah, he, uh, yeah. Nods his head. Um, yes, officer. Uh, Oberfjord, if it's all the same to you, um, I wish to conduct uh, further medical experiments on these individuals before uh, disposing them, if you would allow me. Uh, to have the men lock them up, I will take care of their um, their death uh, within a few days' time. He squints at you. It seems to me with the allies coming on our position and the superheroes leading the charge, the investigation of this virus does not take utmost concern, officer. Yes, my hope was to provide a trap. Honestly, I only need a couple of more hours, and then when these heroes arrive, this virus could uh, be spread to them as well. That'll give us... uh, It won't kill them, but I think it'll buy us time. Mm. Now let's have a roll, because you've piqued his interest. Let's roll... uh, Let's roll influence someone. (sighs) All right. Come on, dice. (laughs) Okay, uh, that is a seven. A seven. Okay. Uh, We see a little smile appear on his mouth, and he says... What an excellent idea, Commander. Very well. You shall have... He turns and motions to, like, a a handful, and he says, Save those. The rest may go. And then we, uh... He turns back to you, and we just see the onomatopoeias of pow, bang, clack, boom, uh, going off behind him. We do not see the execution of the prisoners. Uh, and he is still smiling, looking at you as his death is being rained down behind him. And he says, I admire your spirit. The Third Reich could use more men like you. And he claps you on the shoulder and climbs into the wagon. And he holds out a hand and they put that pine box in his hand, his gloved hands. And he puts it on his lap. Uh, and then those soldiers get into the car with him and he zooms off into the desert uh, uh, he'll, he'll before they they leave he, he will 
uh, raise a hand for. Uh, just in case I, I am not able to uh, to witness it again, may I peek inside the box uh, one last time? Smiling as you are standing right there at the edge of the, the vehicle, he opens up the pine box, and we the readers do not get to see. We just see like this shimmering light coming out from the box, uh, and we see Omission's reaction to it. What what does Omission's face look like as he see what's in as he sees what's in the box? I I think he tries to match the awe uh, and reverence for it that he believes the commander would have had or is expecting him to have. So just kind of a a smile and uh, his eyes uh, are enlarged for a few seconds before kind of bowing to uh, the captain and taking a few steps back. Driver! And then he drives off into the desert. Uh, And all around you, the officers and soldiers that remain start breaking down camp, throwing crates into the back of their uh, Einheitz diesel trucks. And in fact, the one that you drove over is... uh, is taken by some officers and soldiers as well um and we will we will turn from that page down in the valley we're gonna get to you christy sorry it's taking a while uh we turn the page down in the valley uh those bullets that were raining down all around torchbearer and sister solstice are gone what did the two of you do looks like the artillery fires let up that means Crystal Gazer and Dr. Fusion must have been successful. Oh, goodness. Just when we needed it, right? Sister Solstice nods. What do we do now? The only thing we can do. We do our best. I... I would really like for Torchbearer to take a moment to try and heal himself since he's protected. But I am, of course, not sure how to do this. Okay. Um, well, first things first, can you do that? Yes, it is one of my simple abilities. Oh, okay. it's a difficult ability. A difficult ability. Okay. Um, yeah, so there isn't really... Oh, what were you saying, Carrie? Well, I was just... Sister Solstice has a simple heal light wounds. I don't know if that would be helpful or if she can do that while she has the protective orb. Um, oh yeah, because you're you. I mean, you definitely could use that healing ability, but we've described it as like this is a borderline power for mm-hmm. her manifesting this uh, is taking all her concentration. So I actually narratively, I don't that think you can sense. focus on two cell spells at once. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So this is interesting because there's not really like a healing power. Yeah, I was looking at the moves and I was like, the only thing that really makes sense is push since it's a difficult power for me yeah but then but, but i pushing, would just take damage to heal yeah. damage <laughs> yeah but pushing is um you are rolling uh like to use a power that you have never used before um I, i'm thinking either a serve and protect Serve and protect could work because then you could just use the holds to reduce your stress and that's your healing. Yeah. 
Yeah, if the reduce the stress inflicted was, you know, heal the stress inflicted. Yeah, I think I think serve and protect works uh, for this. Let's go ahead and roll uh, plus protect. With no minus one. Yeah, definitely. That is a seven. A seven? Okay, so you get one hold. Uh, uh, you can redirect and attack yourself. Well, I guess what you want to do is step down your stress by one for every hold that you spend. So yes, you can it. spend one hold to reduce your physical stress by one. Oh, it would have been a six. I'm at four stress, so. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, physical stress. So the way that that penalty works is if what you're doing is physically strenuous and your physical stress would impair you to do that, then you would apply it. Okay, um, but like, sense. I don't, I don't think you standing there trying to heal yourself is going to be affected by how hurt you already are. Um, so it wouldn't have been that minus one for your physical stress. Okay. Um, yeah. So go ahead and step it down by one. Cool. And we see torchbearer within this protective orb just start, um, Holding his, he holds up his hands like close to his chest where these wounds are from the, the rifle, the rifle fire he just sustained, and his hands began to glow warmly. And we could see the, the holes from these bullets start to mend themselves slowly but surely. Okay, so, Sister Solstice, you see Torchbearer, uh, like this this light coming out, healing himself, uh. And you also see outside of the glow of your protective orb, you see one of those Panzer tanks is encased in like a discolored bubble because it's moving slower than all the rest. But you see the two that are kind of on the uh, right and leftmost wings start to rotate and curve inward to put you in their firing range. Um, Of course, you are right next to a Panzer tank, so you're too close for it to use it's cannon on you, uh, but these other two are positioning themselves to put you in range. It's, they're positioning them themselves to put you in range. Uh, what are you doing? Cool, 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 cool. Uh, are there any um, rocks <laughs> nearby? Of course, you're in a desert valley. There's huge boulders everywhere. So... I could potentially levitate a small boulder and then throw it at one of the um, panzers. Okay, okay. Um, well, that definitely sounds like a, uh, a takedown, so roll plus smash. My smash is a negative one, Oof. so <laughs> feel real good about this. Seven. Uh, a seven, okay. So on a seven, you get to choose two. And the Panzer Tank Squad, just like the Africa Corps soldiers, are a mob. Uh, and they are a mob at four at a factor of one. So that means there are four enemies, and you would have to take them down four times. Uh, and every time you do take them down, one of them is destroyed. Uh, so you have two. Uh, what do you want to do? So can I reduce the size of the mob by two? You definitely could. And you would be taking out two tanks and you would just have to narrate how you do it. 
And I guess my protective orb would go away. Um, no, because mechanically you still have that hold. Okay. Um, well, maybe, maybe like it falters for a second Mm -hmm. and like whatever happens, you can manifest just a little bit of it to use that one hold before Mm -hmm. your shell is completely gone. Uh, okay. So narrate first. How, what does this look like? How do you take out two tanks with rocks? Um, you see Sister Solstice, um, look around her and then you, um, see her vision connect with a large rock, um, just a few feet away from her and, um, you see her wand come up in the direction of the boulder Mm -hmm. and, um, she raises her wand above her head and the boulder goes above her head and then she flicks her wrist Mm -hmm. um, and she sends the boulder flying in the air and it comes down crashing right in between two of them um, to render them useless sure sure yeah Uh, and I think Sister Solstice like feels this rush of energy and success and then we have just a single panel with a huge onomatopoeia as the tank on the far end of the valley on the other side that was rotating fires its cannon at you Uh, roll a defy danger against the physical stress three nine Nine. So uh, choose one. Either take the stress step down, so a physical stress two, or take the physical stress as a mental stress three or an emotional stress three. I'm going to take a mental stress three. Okay. Um, Why is it mental? She's never been attacked like this before mm-hmm. she's never had anything actually like like her her mother has been attacked her other family members have been attacked but she's never actually experienced that um and so for something to actually be going after her it just really kind of rocks her okay world uh and we turn the page and we're up at the the top of the ridge uh, Geiger Gwyn, there are huge explosions happening down in the valley. Uh, but you don't have time to worry about that because dust and dirt and rocks are falling down on your head as these bullets are just pounding into the sand above you. You see Gwen just in the foxhole and there's a speech bubble like, Gwen, we need you for matters of national security. Come help us. Oh, sure. Why not? FBI, I'll come help you. Perfect, Gwen. Then... Um, how close is the foxhole to the next anti-aircraft gun? It is a sprint's distance away. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So I'm going to try and camouflage myself like a boulder, a.k.a hobbits up in Mordor with the <laughs> cloak. Uh-huh. Um, because I can do that chameleon camouflage stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to kind of hunker down and wait for someone to come to me 
and then I'm going to try and disarm them. Okay, okay. I guess let's do a let's do a sneak around. Uh, but instead of doing maneuver, uh, I think you should definitely roll with influence. Okay. And then I'm pinned down complicated, so negative one on that, yeah? Um, I don't think the, I don't think you being pinned down would affect your ability to do this. It would definitely affect your ability to, like, get out and run. Uh, But since you're staying there, I don't, I don't think it narratively would apply. Okay, so then eight. Okay, uh, an eight, uh, so... Okay, okay. I think the the firing stops, and we see some word bubbles. Go check on her! Not me, I'm not doing it! That, that wasn't German. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where short round from Temple of Doom came from. Uh, she is dangerous, I'm not going in there! Uh, but then eventually, we see a panel of like Nazi boots pounding into the dirt. And we see this timid Nazi soldier walking through the uh, foxhole with their gun. And we just see like a rock in one panel. But in the next panel, it's like uh, a cutaway diagram. And we can see uh, Geiger Gwen like balled up like knees to her chest inside the frame of this uh, this rock. And is is Geiger Gwyn? I, I think he's going to perceive you by a secondary sense. So, like, is Geiger Gwyn wearing any perfume, or uh, would she be doing something that he can hear? She's probably got some perfume on, um, but it's like men's cologne. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, okay, so he he like sniffs a little. Uh, and you, you know that he's picking up on your scent. So he does not see you, but he does smell you. What do you do? Um, as soon as I see him kind of wiggling his nose a little bit, I'm going to jump up real quick and grab his gun and try to yank him into the hole with me. To okay. Knock, knock him out. Uh, definitely. You. He's only one goon. You yank him into the foxhole, he's knocked out. Uh, does he have any grenades on him? Yes, he does. Uh, I'm definitely taking a grenade, and I am going to pull the pin and chuck it towards the next aircraft gun as hard <laughs> as I can. Okay. Uh, so I think this is definitely triggering the move Use Environment. Uh, when you use something from the environment to suit your purposes, the editor-in-chief will tell you one or more. Uh, it'll break quickly. Use it while you can. It's dangerous. The EIC will say how. It's particularly effective. The EIC will say how. You can use it, but there will be a side effect. The EIC will tell you what it is. Um, and I think, has Geiger Gwen ever thrown a grenade before? Well, I feel like she's worked with dynamite, <laughs> but not necessarily a grenade. Okay. So maybe she's thinking it's going to work a little dangerous. So I'm going to say... It's dangerous uh, in that you are going to be enveloped in the blast radius that's going to destroy this thing. So uh, I'm not going to have you roll a seize control to destroy the aircraft gun. Uh, I think it is destroyed by the grenade. But I am going to have you roll a defy danger to avoid a physical stress 2. So that's a 6. Wow. 
Uh, do you want to burn any bonds to step it up to a seven through nine? Or do you want to, you want to take that failure? Well, the thing still blew up. It's just me getting hurt in the blast radius. Yes, yes. It, it's so, going to get blown up. So, yeah, I'll just take that failure. Okay. So, uh, you get an achievement and then step up that physical stress by two. Uh, and I think the last panel we see of Geiger Gwyn is just a fiery explosion. And she's silhouetted by it. Yep. Just flying backwards a little bit. Yeah. Um, we cut over to the village. Uh, Dr. Fusion and Crystal Gazer, from where you are, you can see the tanks exploding down in the valley. You see an explosion across the ridge as one of the anti-aircraft guns explode. Uh, what are you doing? Um, I think you see Crystal Gazer kind of, you know, after this sort of moment of like, uh, oh god, I was almost shot and like, I'm nervous about that. You see her pop up from, like, of the edge of this building and land. She's, like, telekinesis herself up. Uh, telekinesi? <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> she pops herself up and says, What's up, Doc? And yes, that was a thing at that time. I verified this. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you for doing your research. <laughs> he kind of pats his jumpsuit. Well, it seems that we are done, but I seem to have dropped the flare gun somewhere. Well, that ain't good. Well, I do think that they might need help down there. Yeah, looks like it. Here, um... Hold this. And he hand he like lifts the feeder belt of one of these guns and just like hands it out to you. She she looks down, takes it in her hands, and says, Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. <laughs> <laughs> he kinda grabs the handles. I feel like John Gilgood <laughs> at the at the tanks. <laughs> Yeah, this is a little weird, isn't it? I mean, we're just fighting Nazis. As the onomatopoeia is a boodle, 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 are like covering up parts of her speech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's more like, so it's more like, it's a little weird, you know? Just uh, over here fighting Nazis. Last week, I was just, you know, acting in movies. Now we're here. I was giving a dissertation. <laughs> uh, so you are just talking nonchalantly as you're just boop, 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 yelling at laying each other into the this sound tank. Of this machine gun. <laughs> yeah. So Torchbearer, I think the the one that you and Sister Solstice are next to, the one that laid into you with the machine gun, uh, has all these bullets raining down on it. And you, you've been punching it. You haven't, like, destroyed it, but you have been punching it. You softened it up a little. Uh, and those bullets penetrate. They destroy the tank. It blows up. Uh, there is still one that is currently driving towards you at full force. Uh, this was the one that just fired at Sister Solstice from behind. Yeah, he swings in real low, comes up underneath the muzzle, like this armored front of this tank. 
and just gets a really good gets a really good uh, all the famous baseball players are from the Yankees <laughs> he's a Phillies fan <laughs> he, gets a, he gets a lot of this one and and just bat this tank over the next mountain I love it yeah so using a tank you bat the tank the tank goes flying um, uh, right as like the the Allied Air Force the 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 British Air Force like flies overhead dropping bombs on the remaining soldiers on the ridge with Geiger wind uh, dropping some bombs on the tank placements here uh, we hear Allied soldiers shouting and hooping from the other end of the valley as they start pouring towards you. Um, the the valley is cleared and the Allied forces can continue to march. Uh, Torchbearer, do you say anything? He drops the turret. Let's it slam on the ground. Well, we did our best. I hope it counts. Let's get these soldiers through this valley. Uh, up in the village, uh, Crystal Gazer and Dr. Fusion, you hear some gunfire. Uh, and you turn around and you see some allied troops have charged into the village uh, and are pushing the, the Nazis out. Uh, as they're rushing by, uh, one of them catches you up on the roof hey hey you're you're uh you're you're the heroes right just kind of gestures to the garb (laughs) yes yeah that'd be us well uh british intelligence just came in there's apparently some big dig site on the other side of this village bunch of bunch of prisoners of war over there they want you to get over there and check it out she, she looks over at Dr. Fusion. He just kind of shrugs. How, how do we tell the others? I I guess they... I guess they can radio them. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Dr. Fusion just jumps off the roof and lands near the, the soldiers. Do you have a radio? Uh, he looks over and, fortunately enough, the uh, soldier next to him does have a radio on his back. Fantastic. He is going to make a call. Okay. Uh, and I think uh, we turn the page from that. Uh, and I think we turn and all of you are together again. Uh, you have met up at this dig site where these prisoners of war were supposed to be. Um, but upon arriving, you see this, uh, I mean, this huge excavated area. You see tents are dotting the circumference of this area, and you see the prisoners of war have been killed. And they line the bottom of this excavation site. You see tire tracks where vehicles that were here have sped off. And you see in the excavation site there is a tunnel that leads further into uh, the earth and trails out of sight but you arrive at this grisly scene and uh, your hearts sink for a moment and you wonder if we had gotten here sooner 
could we have prevented this? And I think we have a panel of the five of you standing there. And then the next panel is just a little bit wider as we see Omission standing just a few feet away. And you all turn and look and see Omission and suddenly you remember, oh, Omission was here on this mission. Uh, Dr. Fusion looks down over the the bodies and everything in the, in the, in the ground. Well, I hope that wasn't you. Um, I, I think when they look over, uh, he, um, even though he saved a few of them, uh, gazing out over the dead, uh, individuals, um, he is looking at his hands, uh, and then the people through, uh, in between his fingers, and he replies, I'm okay. I, I'm okay. And we turn the page, and the little yellow box in the corner says, many miles north of here. And we see a German vehicle speeding through the dirt and dust of the desert, heading north. And uh, there is a man driving, and he has goggles on, and dirt is plastered on his face. Uh, And he looks over his shoulder and says... Oberfuhr, did you get what you came for? And in the back we see Oberfuhr Guido von Veers uh, sitting in the back of this vehicle. He's sitting there and we just see him smile coyly. Yes, Private. I got what I came for. And he unfolds this piece of cloth in his hands and we see a glittering crystal there. And then in the bottom corner of the panel, it says, to be continued. End of episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Tales to Inspire. We'll be back with our next episode on June 6th. If you have social media, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Like and follow us at Misconceptions Pod for up-to-date information about the show, behind-the-scenes pictures, and just to show us your general positive feelings about the show. We also have a Discord. You can click the link below to join our Discord so that you can chat with other friends of the show and chat with other cast members directly. We also have an email. If you'd like to contact us that way, you can email us at misconceptionspod at gmail.com. This show is fully supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. If you would like to join that elite group of supporters and gain access to exclusive content please consider joining our Patreon. The Tells to Inspire theme song was composed by Esteban Del Pino. You can find out more about his music on fiverr.com slash I-A-M underscore W-A-K-E. Omission was played by Mitchell Wallace, who can be found at Mitch Bustillos on Twitter. Crystal Gazer was played by Marlo Bogus who can be found at Marlo Bogwich on Twitter. Torchbearer was played by Phil Montgomery, who can be found at BMC Philanthropy on Twitter. Geiger Gwyn was played by Christy Scheidemantle, who can be found at Polish Christy on Twitter. Dr. Fusion was played by Occam Razor, who can be found at Occam Sockam Robo on Twitter. 
Sister Solstice was played by Carrie White, who hates Twitter and refuses to get one. And I'm David White, your editor-in-chief. You can find me at Mr. Banana Socks on Twitter. The role-playing game system used in this production was a modified version of the Worlds in Peril role-playing game by Sam Joko Publishing. Tales to Inspire is a product of the Misconceptions Podcast Network. Find out more about our other shows and buy cool merch at misconceptionspod.com. And that's it for this week's episode of Tales to Inspire. Thank you so much for listening, and keep it nerdy, y'all. Thank you.